Greetings, and welcome to this special all-female edition of The Point Being. I am your hostess today, Mallory Newell, and I'm joined by our special guest and one of my frequent collaborators on Ipsos issue-related polling, Janine Beekman. Hello, everybody. So today, we are bringing you this special edition of the podcast um, because we wanted to talk about some research that we just released for NPR regarding Americans' views on sexual assault and sexual harassment. Uh, this is obviously, we felt, a conversation that could happen separately and could fill up tons of time. So we kept this one as a special edition separate from our midterm coverage yesterday. So Janine, <laughs> we worked together on a similar poll for NPR back in December mm -hmm. about attitudes towards sexual harassment. So. This year, we decided to sort of in the, the wake of the one-year anniversary of the Harvey Weinstein case blowing open and the Me Too movement really coming to light, um, we decided to revisit this and to also look at sexual assault. Um, we ran two surveys at the same time to examine Americans' attitudes on both. Um, and the first thing that I want to talk about today is that Regardless of whether you're talking about sexual assault or sexual harassment, what we found in these surveys was that people's partisanship really trumps gender when it comes to shaping your views on these issues. What does that tell us? Right, exactly. So, so what you mean by that is, is that Republican women act much more like Republican men than they do Democratic women. Our our part our political identities are really driving our attitudes more so than our gender identities, um, and that's super super interesting for a gendered issue. Um, but we're finding that, and we found that certainly over the last year that I've been working with you on um, multiple other issues too, where like the part of your identity that might be kind of most salient or most important to this attitude is less important than your party identity. So we found this with um, guns, for instance, uh, attitudes towards gun violence. Um, we ran several polls after major shootings. Um, over the last year, and basically people's partisanship predicted their attitudes more than whether or not they were gun owners. Um, same thing with other hot-button issues like abortion. You know, your attitudes, depending on how the question is asked, of course, your attitudes um, are driven more by your party, or are more easily predicted by your party ID than even things like religion and gender and other things. So this is kind of continuing in that vein. Right, and I think you know, there's there's the so what angle, right? <laughs> um, but I think one of the things that this tells us, um, and like Janine correctly pointed out, we've done a ton of research at Ipsos on this issue, is that um, now when we're in this time of uncertainty and sort of an anti-establishment era, that one that gave rise to, to Trump and to elected officials similar to him around the world, I think it really speaks to how uh, this political tribalism is just constantly at the forefront of people's minds on a variety of different issues. So back to this one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when we look at these partisan gaps, right, the differences between Democrats and Republicans, 
we actually see that these gaps are a little bit wider or more prevalent when it comes to sexual assault. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this? Versus sexual harassment. Right. Right. Yeah. So the, the partisan gaps are wider when we talk about assault versus harassment. And, well, we have a very recent, very raw, salient case of sexual assault um, in the Kavanaugh hearings, right? Um, which is, you know which was a very different story than the harassment um, cases that were coming out kind of at the outset of the Me Too era. Um, so there's, we have this clearly politically aligned um, harassment, uh, or excuse me, assault kind of narrative in the Ford versus Kavanaugh hearings where we kind of heard very um, graphically from both Kavanaugh and from Ford sort of what their stories were um, on assault. So. Um, it makes sense then that because this because the assault is so, so much part of the political narrative that the party differences for assault would be wider than um, for harassment. Right, and and we did some research separately on the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh and found that a plurality of Americans opposed his confirmation. Um, the first time mm-hmm. that a Supreme Court justice nominee had been underwater with the American public, but. Here, you know, I know that he is not an elected official. Mm -hmm. He is not voted into office. But we did ask a question about whether um, sexual assault or sexual harassment allegations would impact your vote for Mm -hmm. a political candidate. What do we know? Oh, huge party differences um, in this. So these are some of the biggest party differences we found. Uh, We asked if a political candidate you were planning to vote for was accused of sexual assault. Would um, Would you vote for them or not? Um, and, Repu- and Democrats said uh, at 64%, no, I wouldn't vote for them, whereas Republicans, only 19%, said, no, I wouldn't vote for them. So Republicans really being much, much, much more dismissive, or um, at least not entering into their calculus of making a voting choice, um, these ac- accusations of sexual assault. And we are saying accusations, um, not you know findings or um, right. guilty verdicts or anything like right. that. Right. And, and a majority of Republicans said that they would consider still voting for them, but it would depend on the allegations. So there's mm-hmm. more of a, a gray area for that particular mm-hmm. group. Okay. Right. Um, where else do we see the biggest partisan gaps when it comes to views on sexual assault? Yeah, so really things that uh, relate a lot to the Kavanaugh hearings and what we heard there. So, um, for instance, false accusations of sexual assault against men are very common. Um, Thanks, of course, to the availability heuristic, we have a very available example of at least an accusation of a false accusation. Um, So people, especially those who are motivated to think uh, that these that these accusations are false, i.e., in this case, the Republicans. Um, 77% of Republicans versus only 37% of Democrats feel that false accusations of sexual assault against men are very common. So, of course, we know that this is not true right. um, in other data. So, so even crime. though in this survey, a majority of all Americans agree that false accusations of sexual assault against men are very common, it's really a specific group, you say Republicans mm-hmm. and men, really, yes. are the ones that are driving this? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and more so Republicans than men. So this is a really beautiful example um, of a kind of a bimodal distribution. Like it looks, when you look at just everybody across the board, it looks like, oh, about half percent, or about half, 50% of people think that this is, um, 
that these are common, but then you split it by party, and it's way more Republicans and way fewer Democrats right. think that this is very common. And also, um, the other one is uh, about specifically related to the Me Too movement. Um, there's a 75% to 21% party gap, Republicans, Democrats, respectively, wow. that think the Me Too movement has gone too far. So there is a more than 50 percentage point difference yep. <laughs> between whether or not people say that Me Too has gone too far. That's, wow, okay. Yeah. All right, so thank you for bringing up Me Too. Yep. I think that leads us to sort of the motivation for undertaking this research in the first place, right? Mm -hmm. Like I said, we're right just after the the one-year anniversary of really where things kicked off. So to that end, I'm curious, uh, what do we know from our poll in terms of, in the past year, how have these events or have mm -hmm. changed or maybe shaped people's views? Yeah, so when we ask people to just think retrospectively, so not looking at our data from before and our data from now, but just look, asking people to look retrospectively in the past year, my views on assault and harassment have become more clear. Roughly 50% of people, 51% for assault, 54% for harassment, um, think that their views on what these terms are um, have become more clear. But again, we see that 50% is actually a split by party. So um, Democrats are much are 66% and both for both assault and harassment, um, more likely to say that their views have become more clear, or their at least their idea of what assault and harassment are has become more clear versus in the 40s percent of, of Republicans who aren't who aren't claiming they're still kind of claiming more likely to claim that it's a little bit gray or they're not clear on what these things are. Okay, so we see that Democrats um, and also young people, 18 to 34, are the ones that are more apt to say that in the past year their views, on what constitutes these things have become more clear. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, so one of obviously asking about sexual assault was something new for us this time around, but the sexual harassment component was a follow-up from a survey that we did with NPR back in December. Mm -hmm. So when looking at sexual harassment in particular, uh, how have people's views changed or have they changed over time? Yeah, um, they have changed um, certainly over time in, in sort of ways that we kind of found, um, they dovetail with the ways that we found that um, assault, views on assault have maybe changed retrospectively. So for instance, um, when we ask people, those who report being the victims of sexual harassment should be given the benefit of the doubt until proven otherwise. Um, specifically for males and for Republicans and for the combination thereof, um, people compared to this time last year, um, fewer uh, fewer people think that the victims of sexual harassment should be given the benefit of the doubt, which is crazy, right? Um, we're and the the that is not true, by the way, for other demographic groups. Only for males and for Republicans split right. out. Yeah. So so when you're looking at this. This, I think, was a really interesting juxtaposition of sort of how people's partisanship intersects with who we believe, right? When you're right. looking at the believability here. Mm -hmm. So to be clear, a majority of Americans, about three quarters, mm -hmm. say that 
those who report being the victims of sexual harassment should be given the benefit of the doubt, as well as those accused of sexual harassment Mm -hmm. should be given the benefit of the doubt. So if you're looking at it overall, it Mm -hmm. A, has not changed from last year, and B, the numbers are really even. Mm -hmm. But what has changed is that Republicans now are more likely to say that those accused of harassment should be given the benefit of the doubt and less likely to say that the victims should? Um, yes. Um, actually, it didn't, it didn't change in terms of um, those accused, but it did change in terms of um, sympathy, I guess you could say, for the, um, the accusers. Got it. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Um, anything else? Yeah. So um, again, I, I know I keep kind of going back to Kavanaugh, but that's sort of what's what's forefront of mind. And we're, we're talking about harassment now instead of assault. But but still, I want to point out uh, yet more party giant party differences um, in terms of the um, nature of the of the uh, accused and the accuser. So, for instance, allegations of sexual harassment are less relevant if they happened a long time ago. Um, or and were not reported at the time. This is kind of an analog for this sort of idea of like something happened in the 80s. Uh, does it is it really still relevant now? Um, 53% of Republicans versus 19% of Democrats um, think that you know maybe it doesn't matter so much if it happened a long time ago. Um, same thing um, with if if alleg- if these allegations of sexual harassment happened when someone was young. Republicans significantly more likely um, than Democrats to sort of excuse it a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, So setting aside partisanship for one thing, Mm -hmm. there was one interesting point that that I took away from our polling, Um, something that was maybe potentially a little heartening, right? (laughs) So one of the things that we asked, in addition to whether you would consider voting for a political candidate, was, okay, so what happens if... uh, an artist, author, mm-hmm. celebrity that you like, that you follow their work, was accused of sexual assault or sexual harassment, um, would you still support their work? Um, and we're seeing this, right? We, we've seen this sort of with Louis C.K., among others, kind of stepping back into the limelight and kind of testing the waters again. Mm-hmm. Um, with, some would argue, not really any recourse. <laughs> um, but... The one heartening thing that I took away from this was that more Americans overall say that they would not vote for a political candidate than they would mm-hmm. for, you know, that they wouldn't support the work of a celebrity. So you could argue that some people are maybe holding elected officials to a higher standard. Right. Now, again, I realize that in the, the era of Kavanaugh, who, of course, was not elected, mm-hmm. you could certainly debate that. But that was one nugget of nonpartisan, you know, yeah. interest that I took away from this. It's true. You could read it that um, we're holding our political candidates to a higher standard. We're also using a hypothetical political candidate, and maybe we're sort of in an era, and I'm just spitballing here, but we're in an era of lines between what's a celebrity and what's a political candidate, right? So in, in terms of who the people we actually have in, on the ballot. Right. Um, so sure, if it's this like hypothetical person who's just going to focus on policy and is a political candidate, we hold those people to higher standards than artists, etc. 
Okay. But who knows in reality. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to Janine Beekman, Dr. Janine Beekman, oh, for joining me today. Thanks, Mallory. Thanks to our friends at NPR <laughs> for conducting this really insightful poll with us. Uh, and Chris and I will be back next week with a little post-election wrap-up. Uh, like we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, we are doing a day of election poll with Reuters so stay tuned for some insights for that. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day, and thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.